And now, presenting the Star of the Show podcast with your host, Delaney Swift. Hello, and welcome back to the Star of the Show podcast. I'm your host, Delaney Swift, and we have a very interesting episode for you all. This episode is with my friend, Riley Godson. Riley has an account called Rhyme Health, where she talks a lot about alternative healing methods that she has done for Lyme disease. So in this episode, we talk a lot about her Lyme diagnosis, what her symptoms were, what she did to ultimately heal from her Lyme, and what she continues to do to heal from Lyme. And she talks about different resources and tools and healing modalities that she's used and that other people can use in order to help heal from Lyme. She also talks a lot about how she had to be her own advocate for her body in order to heal from some of these symptoms. And it is actually so crazy. Some of the things that we talk about in this episode that came as a shock to me, I feel like not a lot of people know about Lyme disease and for starters, know what it is or what to even do if you have it. And it's very hard to diagnose. So we go all into this in the episode with Riley. There's definitely a lot of helpful information in this episode. I'm going to preface this. I don't even know why I feel like I have to, but we're not doctors. We never have been and we're not claiming to be. So take this for what you will. This is all her experience and me just trying to learn more. And hopefully this is helpful for you if you're trying to be an advocate for your own health, whether you have Lyme disease or you're just trying to be the best version of yourself from the inside out and make sure your body is the happiest, healthiest version of itself. So, but without further ado, please welcome Riley to the Star of the Show podcast. Before we get into today's episode, we are going to do a pop of culture. There is a lot going on in pop culture news right now that I feel like we need to discuss because if I don't talk about it now, then it's going to be weeks before this episode comes out and it's going to be old news at that point. So let's get into it. First thing I want to talk about is the new New York Housewives. So the Real Housewives of New York City came out this week. I think it was Monday. I don't know. It was Sunday. I was one day off, but I actually like it. I did not want to like it because I... I'm so obsessed with Real Housewives of New York City with like the original cast. I'm so obsessed with Bethany, Ramona, Jill Zarin, Sonia, Luann. Like those are my girls. Those are my best friends. I have always been loyal to them. Rahoni has always been like one of my favorite franchises. So I did not want to like the new New York Housewives, but I think I'm going to like it. And the thing is, and I've been saying this, I think I'm going to like it for different reasons than I like the old New York Housewives. It's going to be a lot different, but the first episode like had me captivated. And sometimes with new Bravo shows, they don't have me captivated right away. And I just don't feel like it's going to be a hit. But for some reason, I just feel like this is going to really stick. It seems like Andy Cohen is like really behind it and is very excited about this. That could just be vibes I'm picking up on, but I feel like it's going to be good. I'm excited. I'm very interested in some of the characters and learning more from them. So stay tuned. I'm hoping that this sentiment keeps up, but I like it so far. Second thing is Ariana Grande is apparently getting a divorce from her husband. His name is Dalton Gomez. I really don't know much about him. This to me... Like, honestly, I feel like I just don't care and I don't really know enough about them to like care one way or the other about this relationship. Like if it was a couple that I ride or died for, then maybe I'd be a little affected. I just, I don't, like I, I hate to see couples break up, especially when I know or cared about them at one point, but you know, I'm not too affected by this. The one thing I am affected by though is the blonde eyebrows and the blonde hair and the bajillion hand tattoos on Ariana Grande. Like that, that's what's concerning to me. And apparently she wasn't wearing her wedding ring at Wimbledon. I don't know. That could be for multiple reasons, but I don't know. Apparently she is filming wicked in London and it's not even going to come out for like years and years. So where's her husband in all of this? I don't know. Didn't 
overly shock me one way or the other. I think they've been together less time than my boyfriend and I have, though. So, like, maybe they didn't get to know each other enough. I don't know. Not super overly affected by that, but everyone's everyone's talking about it. What did come as a shock to me, though, was Gigi Hadid getting arrested for possession of marijuana in the Cayman Islands, which I think is hysterical, personally. The one thing that I want to know about is, like, what were the logistics? How did they find this marijuana? Where was she hiding it? Where was she keeping it? Did she not fly private where you can literally just walk on with that? Like, was she going through... What was going on? Where was it? And another thing I'm really concerned about is, like, is this going to have any implications on her and her daughter? Like, is she not going to be able to keep her daughter for as long? I don't know. You know what I mean? Because, like, they're doing co-parenting. I don't know. I feel like the laws about marijuana are completely different now, but... In other countries, I feel like they take it very seriously. So I'm, I'm curious how this will affect other things. But she just posted today. She posted a picture on her Instagram. And she said, all's well that ends well. So clearly she's making light and making jokes of the situation. But I'll be interested to see if anything more comes out about this. Lindsay Lohan had her baby with her husband. His name is Bader Shamas. Shamas. Not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, but congrats to Lindsay Lohan. I'm just happy that she is back in our lives and that she is doing well, so it seems. I'm trying to find if there is a name or a gender yet, but you know what? I'm just happy that she's not down the Amanda Bynes path, and that's all I have to say about that. Oh my god, I'm almost forgetting. The Golden Bachelor, Gary Turner. He's 71 years old, and he's the first Golden Bachelor, and he says it's never too late to fall in love again. I, for one, had no clue that this was something that they were doing. I did not realize that the Golden Bachelor was a thing that they were doing, but I have not watched The Bachelor or Bachelorette for quite some time, aka like three years, because I just got sick and tired of it. But this is is going to skyrocket me back into Bachelor Nation. I absolutely love this idea. He's the hottest 71-year-old I've ever seen. I feel like it's going to be so wholesome. I can't wait to see all of the women that they bring on because they're not going to be young 20-somethings that are trying to be influencers after they leave the show. They're actually, I hope, going to be actually looking for love. And I just love this for him. I am so excited. He's such a a sweetie, it seems. His story is really cute too. Like apparently he was married for 40 something years to his high school sweetheart. And then she passed away because she got really sick, six years ago, six years ago. And he got his blessing from his kids and grandkids and he's doing the show. So Gary, I can't wait to see you on a TV screen near me. It's coming this fall. So we have something to look forward to. And I believe this is the final story that we have today, but Sofia Vergara is apparently getting a divorce from Joe, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, Mangianello, Mangianello, I, come on, I don't know, and uh, I feel like I should, but, you know, I'm sad because I really did feel like they had a long-lasting love, apparently they were only together for seven years or only married for seven years, which for some reason I thought this was like her first and only marriage and they were like together for forever, but apparently not. There's lots of other stories that I could dive into, but I feel like those are the biggest ones. The one thing that I did want to say is I finished Sex in the City, all of the original seasons, one through six. I'm devastated. That was like my whole heart. I honestly thought about Sex in the City way too much in my personal life when I wasn't actually watching the show. And I'm just devastated that it's over. I'm watching the movies now and then I'm going to start and just like that. And I'm really disappointed with everything that I've been hearing. I've been seeing so many videos about how terrible it is, how it's like way too politically correct. And they're trying to make a statement with like race and sex and gender and things like that. And people are like, it's just not hitting. And there's just things that people, like they're not writing the script very well like there's just huge details that they're missing like I saw this one video where the guy was talking this girl was talking about her dad and how he died and then in like another scene she was like I invited my dad to the party this weekend and everyone's like wait what like thought your dad was dead this is just people clearly don't care about the actual 
plot of the show or the script. They're just doing it for like the fan base at this point. And that's really sad because I love Sex and the City so much. And I'm just disappointed with like knowing what I know. I'm still going to watch it and probably be pissed. But that is the last thing I wanted to say. So let's get into the episode, shall we? Riley, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. So I thought it'd be fun to start out by actually like telling the story of how we met because I feel like it's kind of like not conventional. Yes, that is like, yeah, that's just like one of those meant to be moments. Like I feel like I have like very few of those in my life, but when they happen, I'm like, this is crazy. Like the universe just totally aligned on this. Yeah. And like, what are the odds that we literally lived in the same city and state? No, and even crazier that we used to live, like, you used to live in the apartment building next to mine. I, I know. Like, the universe was, like, just trying to get us to be friends, but then it was like, okay, you finally figured it out. So, basically, we met, and I feel like I've had a lot of people on the podcast that I met at this event, but we met at the Dear Media IRL event in Austin, Texas. Per- like, first time in real life, that's when we met, but I posted on TikTok that I was going to this event and I didn't know anyone that was going. I was going completely alone. And it was in Austin. I live in St. Petersburg. So I was like, hey, just putting the feelers out like anyone going to this. And Riley commented on it because she saw it. And she just so happened to live in the same city and state as me and was going to this event in Austin, Texas. And she was going alone. Yeah, I looked it up because I didn't know like what the vibe of the event was going to be. I was panicking about what I was going to wear. So I looked up like Dear Media IRL on TikTok and you were the only video there. So I was like, oh, okay, well, this is cool. Like didn't even realize that you lived here until like way later when I was stalking you. And I was like, no way. She like, like St. Pete isn't very big. She has to live like down the street from me. And you did. Yeah, I know. I immediately like went and looked at your profile too. And I was like seeing all of these St. Pete like pictures and stuff like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, she literally lives in the same city as me. So it was really, it like instantly connected us. And then we met up at the event. And I feel like just knowing you made it, that much easier to like talk to people and socialize and feel comfortable yeah it's definitely hard to go to those events like by yourself I feel like that was something that I was really trying to work on moving down here like alone a year ago I like never would have done that before when I was living in Denver but now I'm just like more getting more comfortable going to things alone but I feel like when you have one person it just makes everything easier yeah absolutely how have you been making friends since you've been here Honestly, TikTok I've met a few people from, which is fun. Um, I moved down here from with one of my – well, not with. She was already down here, but to meet one of my college friends. So it's been nice. Like, she's been able to introduce me. Um, I have started, like, going into the office a little bit more for my main job just so that I can, like, get to know people. So it's been it's been hard and easy. Um, I feel like kind of once you, year like, reach that year mark – things kind of start to fall into place a little bit more. So what was the initial reason that you wanted to go to Austin for the event? I feel like I don't have a lot of people who are kind of in this space. And it's kind of a space that I've been exploring over the past like year and a half, I guess. I originally started posting on TikTok because I was diagnosed with Lyme disease. And it was something that was like such a struggle for me. And just honestly, a brutal process that I kind of like had to find like purpose within my pain, if that makes sense. And so being able to take like a really painful period of time in my life where like I was pretty much only focused on my health, like I'm doing treatments every day and then be able to take that and kind of reframe it in my brain to like, this doesn't suck. Like I'm taking this now and like, I almost get like made it a game. Like I would go and I'd be like, okay, yeah, treatment today was really awful. But like now I learned all these things. And I'm going to go home and I'm going to make a TikTok about it. Like I had to find something. I had to find a reason for it, I guess. Like I couldn't just be like, this is just, I just had to have this disease. Like this just happened to me. I had to find like a reason for it. Yeah. So then that's kind of what got you into creating content and wanting to be a little bit m- more in the content space. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say that content is like the love of my life, but I think it's kind of like a means to an end sort of like 
my true like desired and what I want to do with Rhyme Health Health is to be able to kind of get the word out there about Lyme disease a little bit more A and B to like really help people because I know I was struggling for like five, six years before I was ever diagnosed. Like like diagnosis, especially for that, is just super like hard to get. And there's a lot of people out there who are like, I feel off in certain areas of my life and they can't figure out what's wrong with them and they go to doctors and doctors tell them that it's in their head and it's just really a goal of mine to try to do what I can do to like help those people feel seen, feel heard and help them find the resources to be able to find out what's going on with their body. Right. So it's more so like about your passion and drive to like help other people that are struggling with the same things. Definitely. Yeah. And like, so one of my biggest um, symptoms with Lyme originally was that I had a really fast heart rate and I went to like three or four different cardiologists. All of them were just like, you have anxiety, you have PTSD, like get on beta blockers. And I just like my intuition was just telling me like, this is wrong. Like, yeah, I have anxiety, but there's a reason for this. Like, so I continued on to like keep fighting for this. And I finally was diagnosed with Lyme. And it turned out after my treatment, like my heart rate is completely back to normal. I'm off beta blockers. Like I would have been on beta blockers for the next 30, 40 years, like the rest of my life and just money in pharmaceutical pockets. Like I was able to heal myself in like a year and now I don't have to be on a pharmaceutical pill every single day. And I just, there's so many people out there who feel like that. And so I posted a TikTok actually about that um, a couple of months ago. And I've had several people reach out to me and say like, thank you so much for making this TikTok because I saw this singular TikTok. I went and got tested. I've been having the same weird fast heart rate and it turned out the same thing was going on with me. So I just think there's like not a lot of awareness on like the symptoms. Wow. Yeah, it definitely seems that way because I feel like I've seen so many people like talk about Lyme, but like not really anybody that that I know and no one's really talking about the treatments or the symptoms. And it's like, it sounds like it's a very common thing. So I want to back up for a second and for someone who doesn't know what Lyme disease is, can you kind of explain what it is? Yeah. So Lyme disease, basically it's really understudied. So it kind of depends on who you ask, honestly. But my opinion on it is that you can get it from spiders and mosquitoes as well as ticks, but it's mainly a tick-borne illness. I don't know when I was bitten. I don't know how. I never got a bullseye rash, but um, I must have been at some point. So basically, it's like a bacteria. It's called a spirochete, so it's like a spiral-shaped bacteria. Um, And it will – it's like – it's so tricky to get rid of because – it will like the longer you have it, the more it will like spiral and like burrow into like areas of your body and like basically hide. So a lot of people, if they're lucky when they're first diagnosed, they're diagnosed immediately after getting bitten, they can get on antibiotics, they're good. But the issue is for a lot of people like myself, you don't get diagnosed right away. And then this disease wreaks havoc on your body for years, sometimes decades without being diagnosed. And then you're not only getting rid of the disease, you're going back through and doing all of the cleanup from everything that the disease has done to your body. So it's really complicated, but basically it's kind of like a parasitic bacteria. That's crazy. So like, do you know anything about like when you get bit, if it, if it, does it come from like their saliva, from their blood? Like what is infecting people do you know I'm not sure I just yeah I don't know I just know that like there are ticks carrying Lyme like it's it's a common misconception that like it's only in certain areas but there's ticks carrying Lyme disease all across America like people are always like oh but like you never lived on the northeast and I'm like yeah but you can go on vacation there and get it you can and it's also it really is there's more places than people think that's so like it's so crazy to me because it's it, it seems like it'd be so easy for anyone t- to get this and it's just like yeah exactly you think that you go and travel super far away and this is what happens to you but that's just simply it doesn't sound like that's the case yeah so. and i my personal belief is there's probably like 
millions of people walking around with Lyme disease who just don't know. Like, I mean, I didn't know for like five years. It's really, really hard to get diagnosed. It's not something that's like up on a lot of doctors' radars and kind of the, some of the symptoms, like some of my symptoms were like anxiety, like acne, hormonal issues. Like there are things that could be a lot of other things. So it's not always something that doctors jump to, to be like, Oh, that sounds like Lyme disease. Unless you have the bullseye rash. What is the bullseye rash? The bullseye rash. So it, it just looks like a big red circle. So it's like right after you get bitten, but not everybody gets it. So yeah, it's really hard to diagnose. And the it's, the other issue is like with most of the testing, um, it's only like 50% accurate. So because it's a spirochete and it can kind of burrow into like it can burrow into your joints, for example. And even if you've done the antibiotics, it will like hide in other places in your body because it's hiding from the antibiotics. It's an extremely smart virus, unfortunately, or bacteria. And so it can hide in like your joints like wait for the antibiotics to pass and then come back out. And because of this, it's super hard to diagnose because it won't always show up in every urine analysis or every blood test. So they're only about 50% accurate and there's just not enough funding being put into research to get more accurate testing. That is shocking. It, it makes me feel like there's something that's like, like a living being or animal that's just inside your body. Yeah. It's, it's really crazy. And I mean, most people do have parasites. Like, that's just a fact. Like, everybody has them. Not all of them are bad. Um, This is a bad one. But I think that's what's crazy, too, is, like, you hear about all these celebrities like Justin Bieber, the Hadids, Avril Lavigne, Alec Baldwin. Like, all of these people have Lyme disease. And it. I feel like it makes it seem like it's just more prevalent in that population. But that's not the case. The case is... They have the money, they have the resources to actually get the testing and then get the treatment for it. But most people out there don't have all this money. Like, I mean, I spent my life savings on this. Like, it is expensive to go to these holistic doctors, to go to doctors who actually will listen and, you know, who will take the time to do the right testing and to really figure it out and who are Lyme literate. It's just, it's it costs a lot. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I always see, like, I knew about, you know, just, Justin Bieber, right? He has it. And the Balanced Blonde is someone that I follow very closely, and she always talks about her line. Like, it's one of the, like, her defining things. And I listen to her podcast a lot, and she's done so many different things to heal, was in and out of hospitals. Like, she has done every, every healing treatment method possible. But for someone who isn't a celebrity like like us, like how do you find this out? Can you take us back to the beginning of all of this when you first started to think that things were wrong? I know you mentioned that you were feeling this way for years, but what initially like started this journey to find out what was going on? Yeah, so I guess I'll list my biggest symptoms kind of first. The rapid heart rate was probably like the biggest, scariest, like, okay, something's really wrong here because my resting heart rate would be like 160 sometimes. Like it was What's so normal? high uh, between like, I think like 60 and 100. So like it was way, way, way too high. Yeah. Um, and I was just having like, I knew I was having hormonal issues, like acne like gaining weight just like just you just don't feel right in your body um I had super bad anxiety and like I felt like my hair was thinning like just everything felt wrong in my body like I felt so disconnected from myself and just like I always just like knew something was wrong and I always felt like puffy like my body didn't feel like it was draining things correctly like And I think a lot of these symptoms, again, are things that, like, could be other things. So a lot of doctors are, like, and a lot of it, you know, maybe it could be in your head, but, like, it wasn't for me, and I don't think it is for a lot of people. But I went to, like, lots of different doctors. Like, a lot of them were just, like, "Mm, this is in your head. Get on birth control, blah, blah, blah. Get on beta blockers. You have anxiety, all of the things. Um, And so I really just started like, all right, I'm going to be my own doctor now. Like, this is not what I wanted to do with my life, but I'm going to figure this out. So I went and I originally I thought that maybe I had a thyroid issue. So I went to my doctor and I like 
forced them to test me for like all of the different thyroid uh, tests. That came back fine. Then I went back in. I was like, I need a full hormonal panel. They didn't want to give me that. I was like, I don't care. Like you're giving me this. So I went down like a million different paths. Like I found every different thing that I thought was wrong with me. I don't know if you saw a couple years ago, there was that Netflix documentary called Root Cause. And it was kind of a big deal. It was about this guy who he was a surfer, I think. And he had found out that like he was so sick from getting a root canal, root canal. Um, and so he goes on to find out that this root canal had like made him so sick. And one of his symptoms was a rapid heart rate. So I was like, case closed. This is it. Like, this is definitely what's wrong with me. So then I went to a dentist and I was like, I need you to do a full x-ray on my head. And they're like, this girl is insane. But I made them do it. And they were like, there's, there's no like, cause in the, in the, documentary like he had had like an infection in his jaw essentially so I was like I need to know they were like no so I I had already gone down all of these roads and Lyme was not even something I was one of the places I hadn't touched hadn't even thought of um and so I'd finally kind of gotten to a place where I had given up and I was like I'm I'm done this is just how I'm gonna live maybe everyone was right like I still like my intuition is telling me that there's something off, but if, if no one's going to like help me, then I give up. I'm like exhausted of doing all of this. So I really had gone to a place where I had given up. And then finally one day my mom was talking to one of her friends and she was like, yeah, my daughter had parasites and it made her so sick. She went to see this holistic doctor in Colorado where I was living at the time and where I'm from. And she was like, he's amazing. Like Riley should really go see him. So I think we finally, I finally just like made the decision. Like I'll go see him. Like it's worth the money. Like I had just graduated college. So I finally like had a job, had a little bit of money. Like when I was trying to go through all this in college, I didn't have the money to be like, I can go drop like hundreds of dollars on a doctor's appointment that may or may not work. That's the other thing. Like There's so many good holistic doctors out there, but they're so hard to find and there are so many bad ones also. So I wasn't willing to go spend all this money on something that may or may not give me answers until I was so, so desperate and I was lucky to have this kind of like referral there. But I think a lot of people, they want to do something like this, but they don't really know where to go. And I wish I could send everyone to him in Colorado, but like, it's hard. So that's been one of my other missions is to kind of help people find these kind of practitioners. But anyways, I, so I go to see him and he has this machine that it sounds crazy to me. And when I try to explain it to my dad, it sounds even crazier to him because he's like, what is this witch doctor woo woo stuff that you were doing? But he has this machine and it's called electrodermal screening, but he calls it the body scan. I mean, they're kind of interchangeable names. I don't know where you find this really besides him because I've looked. Um, But essentially you are hooked up to this machine and it sends electromagnetic waves through your body and it can like, so he'll take acupressure points. So he'll find a point on you that says like, okay, well, this is your liver point or this is your heart point, which was something I really wanted to focus on. And he can run through diseases, viruses, bacterias, heavy metals, even food sensitivities, hormones. Like it, this machine can literally test everything. I was like, this is so crazy. Like if this really works, why is this not in every doctor's office in America? And it really took me a lot of convincing because of that. I was like, this is too good to be true. Like, there's no way. But so we did the test. I it was pretty expensive. It ran through everything. Everything came back pretty normal, except for I came up with Lyme disease and I came up with candida overgrowth in my adrenals, which was interesting Um, And also my gut, but that was interesting because that was causing my um, cortisol not to like raise. So basically cortisol, when you wake up, it should be high. And when you go to sleep, it should like fall throughout the day. So mine was not doing that. Mine was like essentially adrenal burnout where it was just 
flat the entire day because so your cortisol when you wake up it should be high yes you want does that make you feel stressed no it makes it's what gets you out of bed in the morning so like there's misconceptions about cortisol that it's just the stress hormone like if it was just about stress like we wouldn't need it except for those times of like run from the tiger you know but we do need it every single day it just it should be higher in the morning and lower at night and when you run into problems with cortisol is when it's either the opposite so it's low in the morning it spikes at night you can't go to sleep you're stressed out you're anxious it's either too low all the time or it's too high all the time so what would it mean if it was too high all the time that you're stressed that yeah that's probably most of us <laughs> yeah the reason that p- partly that mine t- ended up being low was he had said that probably I'd burnt my adrenal system out so from be- having it be so high all the time also having um this candida overgrowth in there that was causing it to misfire that probably caused it, it was just like all right well we're done like we've <laughs> we've used this too much so and that didn't mean I wasn't anxious or that I didn't have like it didn't mean I was just calm because I didn't have that high level of cortisol but it gave me a lot of fatigue then I like didn't have the energy as well so you want to I mean you need it to be balanced mm-hmm. this is making me feel like I have Lyme disease <laughs> don't think that way but go get tested anyways <laughs> um this is so enlightening like I I mean I didn't know this about cortisol but it, honestly, that machine sounds like a, a God-given machine. And I'm curious, too, like why that isn't in every single doctor's offices. I don't like going to the doctor because I don't like them trying to push things on me and trying to like, convince me to do certain things. I'm literally – this is so off topic, but I'm going to the gyno on Tuesday and I'm like afraid that they're going to try to tell me to stay on birth control when I want to get off of it to like see if my hormones will – like come back into like a more regular state. So it's it's so interesting that these types of things exist and they're not more widely known. Yeah, I don't have an answer for that, but I I think like it it's healthy people don't make money, honestly, and you know, that's just kind of how our medical system is like if this was in every doctor's office, we would all know what's going on. No needles, no sending things out to the lab. Like, I don't know, but it is, it's great because I can go in now and we can see like on the machine, like has my Lyme gone away? Yes, it has, mm-hmm. you know, like you can see that and I don't have to go in there and get a blood test originally because so the Lyme came up on there and I was like, this can't be like this can't be true. This, there's no way I'm not. And I, you know, then I try to go tell like my dad and he's like, who's the most like science, like facts person ever. And he's like, this isn't true. Like, no, like I want, I want some numbers. I want to see other things. So I did end up also doing a urine analysis that came back with that. One thing that's really interesting about the urine analysis, which the one that I did, I think it was the Western blot test. It is, I think, more accurate than some of the blood tests. Um, However, it's still not fully accurate. I think it's still only like 50% accurate. So what my doctor had me do is before I took the test, about 30 minutes before, he had me go get a deep tissue massage, which I really call more of like a deep joint massage because the Lyme can burrow into your joints and hide there. So my joints used to crack a lot. And like a lot of people have a lot of joint pain with Lyme. I luckily didn't have a ton of joint pain, but they do crack a lot. Um, So I went and got like a super deep joint massage to kind of bring the Lyme out essentially. So I mean, I say luckily that it came up on that urine analysis because had it not, I could have very well still had it and had no idea and I would have taken that as fact and moved on with my life instead of taking the last year to really heal my body and now I feel the best that I've ever felt like my mental health my physical health everything in my life has it was a it was a rough period of time there when I was healing but now everything is so much better and I just can't imagine had I gone another 20 years and 
feeling that way and then it's taking more of a toll on my body and then and you see people who are older who have this disease and who are you know some of them are even like wheelchair bound because it's taken such a toll on their body so I'm just so thankful that I was able to figure this out when I was yeah it's so interesting too that like you were so young when these symptoms were in full force. Like you were it's not, you were in college, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy to me. So do you remember how old you were when you first started to like look into this? I think I was probably like a junior in college when I was like really I mean I I had the the heart things probably started my sophomore year. So at that point I was just like whatever. I I'll take the beta blockers. I'll go to the doctor's appointments like I'll do what I need to do. But, you know, as I got older and I've been on it for longer and I really started thinking more about it, I was like, I don't, I don't want to be on this medication for the rest of my life, nor should I have to be. There's no reason that I should have to be on this. No, absolutely. And I feel like even if even if that's what you went to the doctor to go on and, and that was something that you wanted and you were seeking, you still don't have to be on it for the rest of your life. Like you get to have control over what you're what you do with your body. When you were in college going through this, did you feel like you had to miss out on a lot because of how you felt going to doctor's appointments and things like that? No, I think I pushed these symptoms down for a lot of years. And I think I was probably feeling worse than I thought I was feeling at the time. Like now looking back with how I feel and the energy levels that I have, I think that I was feeling a lot worse than I like knew and I was just pushing through it because I was like hellbent on having like the college experience and I wasn't going to let anything get in my way of that. And I'm I am lucky. I a lot of people have like it affects everybody's body very differently and I would say I am on the luckier side of that it didn't fully take me down. I mean, those couple months when I was doing a lot of treatment at the very beginning, those were brutal. And that was probably the worst that I ever felt. Um, Mm -hmm. That's something interesting too. It depends on how you treat Lyme and there's a lot of different ways to treat it. I didn't go the route of antibiotics. I would have if I, so I believe very much in antibiotics when they are needed. They were not needed for me because I had already had it for so long that they weren't going to do anything for me. If I had caught it right away, I got the bullseye rash, I saw the tick on me, I knew I would have absolutely taken antibiotics and that would have been it. But it wasn't going to do anything for me in my opinion and in my doctor's opinion at this point. Um, All it was going to do was, the other issue is I had multiple different co-infections. So Different antibiotics will target different co-infections. So Lyme is the overarching thing. It's overarching disease. Below that, you can have different co-infections. So these can be Bartonella, Babesia, Bergdorf. There's a a total long list of them. I'd had a few of them. Um, And so the issue sometimes when people take antibiotics is they one antibiotic targets one thing. So you get rid of that, and then the other thing pops up. You got to take another antibiotic, and then the the previous thing pops back up, and it just becomes this compound effect where you're on antibiotics for the rest of your life. So the way that I decided to handle it with my doctor was more of like a slingshot approach where we used herbal antibiotics and a bunch of other more holistic treatments to try to like – like slingshot and get them all at the same time because they will also create a biofilm over themselves. So say you get, you know, I like to think of it as like layers. You get rid of the first layer and then a new layer comes up and then you have to get rid of that layer. But the issue is because of these biofilms, if you're not tackling it that way, they'll just regrow a biofilm over them and you have to start back over. So it's, it's such a complicated disease. Like it is, and I am no doctor, like, this is my understanding of it, the best of my ability, but it is it is so complicated. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. It's what I want to know too is how you got these doctors at the beginning to do these tests and like what was your stance because it sounds like they weren't very some of them weren't 
jumping at the idea of doing certain tests on you and probably didn't share the same viewpoints as you. So, you know, what was your stance then? Were you saying like, you're doing this basically? Like, I don't care. I was at first. Yeah. I was like, I'll pay out of pocket for it. If you like, it's like, if it's, mo- it's mostly the insurance companies that they worry about. They have to ha- go through different things, which is understandable to get the insurance companies to pay for it. And I think in some scenarios, I was just like, I don't care. I'll pay out of pocket for it. Um, with like the Lyme testing and stuff, I did that all through my holistic doctor. So this was all out of pocket. So there was no convincing there. I went in, I did the body scan. This came up. He said, here's the next like urine analysis. If you want like some concrete in quote evidence of it, then this is the next step. This is what we do. And then with him, I did do like a hormone t- panel um, that was like you spit into a tube six times throughout the day. So that's how I found out that my cortisol levels weren't rising in the morning and falling at night as they should be because you track it throughout the, the day that way. So he, yeah, we used other other testing modalities as well. Um, but no, I, I didn't feel like I ever kind of got traditional Western doctors to ever take me seriously. And I even ended up going back to like my primary care doctor after this and being like, just so you guys know, like... <laughs> you missed this and they were just like okay well anyways you want to get back on birth control no (laughs) thanks oh my gosh it makes me so frustrated yeah so where would you say that you're currently at with your Lyme symptoms I know you mentioned you have all this energy now and you feel like it sounds like a completely different person than you were a few years ago and I can kind of understand what you mean when you say like looking back, I definitely felt worse because you just kind of accepted that as your normal. But where would you say now you're at? Like, do you still see symptoms that come up? Are there, are there things you have to do ongoing in order to keep up with your healing? Yeah. So I'm only about a year into treatment. So things, I mean, things are good, but there's always like, I will still have flare ups. I hope that at some point, basically like the way that I've talked to my doctor about it is the longer I can keep it at bay, the easier it'll be to keep at bay, if that makes sense. So the longer like it's, they call it in remission, um, the the easier it'll be. But for now, like I take my herbal supplements every day. Like I have this medicine cabinet. It has like 15 different herbal supplements. I take it every day. I take it every night. Like it looks like I'm an alcoholic because I take it out of a shot glass and then people come over and they're like, why are all your shot glasses dirty? I'm like, it's for my supplements, I swear. (laughs) But I do that every day. I have um, a machine that's called a, it, it has a few different names. One of them is a Rife machine is what I usually call it, but it's also can be called a wellness pro. Um, basically it uses different frequencies to the best way I've heard it explained is to vibrate the bacteria to death. So it's like two handles. I hold on to them and I just do it like once a week or something. And it sends like vibrations. You can feel it kind of feels like you're getting shocked a little bit. Um, and it'll like help keep it like help continue to kill it. The craziest thing with that machine too is I've had COVID several times because my immune system was so weak. Also, that was another thing before I started treatment. I would be sick all the time. Like I would literally call it my Monday morning sore throat because I was sick every Monday. Like it wasn't even funny. And I haven't been sick in knock on wood like so long now because my immune system is actually working. Um, But so I did have COVID a few times there. And the last time that I had it, I used this machine. And every other time I've been so sick for, you know, at least five days. And this time I used that machine. I took my herbs and I was over it in a day. It was the most wild thing. Like it basically like vibrated the germ to death and it just got it out of me faster, which was just the craziest thing. But that just kind of reminded me back to kind of how I um, decided to treat this is I decided instead of using an antibiotic to fight it, I was going to use my body to fight it. So I was going to build up my immune system to be strong enough to fight off this disease. Our bodies are capable of doing that. They just need to be given the correct things. 
Um, so I did all of my herbal supplements, which would actually help to kill, um, kill the bacteria. But then I did stuff like ozone therapy, um, and hyperbaric oxygen chambers. And, um, I, I'm a really big fan of NAD IV injections, which we can totally go into that if you want to, cause I think they're so cool. Um, but I just did a lot. I changed my diet. Not drastically, but cutting out gluten was a really big thing for me, and getting my food sensitivities tested was a big thing for me. That allowed me to, you know, heal my gut up, heal my hormones. Like, it's it's a whole body system. Like, you can't just take an antibiotic and attack the thing. Like, for me, it was like I needed to build up my immune system to be strong enough to fight that off at the same time that I was healing my gut and healing my hormones and every, it still is, yeah, it still is a healing process. Like it probably will be forever. And I, I, I don't mind that. I don't take that as like a, I'm on a healing process as like, it's like a burden. I think it's a gift to be able to heal your body every day. And I think even if you don't have Lyme disease or you don't have anything wrong with you, like you should kind of have that mentality of I'm always healing my body because there's a lot of stuff in the world that is making us sick. So it sounds like you use a lot of different resources. So walk us through like a daily or weekly routine for you. And also I want to know how you learned all of this. Like, is this all self-research and how are you finding these resources? Like, wh- how do you know so much about this and about like what supplements and what treatments you should like or should not do? Yeah. So there's... I'll first start with how I know about this so that I can give myself a little bit of credibility before I tell you what I do. We're not doctors. So I don't okay. sound absolutely insane when I tell you what I do, I guess, rather. Yeah, I'm still not a doctor, but I did get certified as an herbalist. So I learned a lot about these different herbal medicines. And that was just something that I wanted to just know more. I, I was putting this stuff in my body every day. I, I wanted to know what was going on. And I wanted to be able to, I mean, I live in Florida now, obviously, I can't go talk to my doctor every day. So I wanted to be able to kind of like, learn more about it myself to be like, okay, like, if I feel sick from this, what can I take for this? Like, when I had COVID, I take um, a supplement called called ILB, which is a mixture of of different herbs, but I wanted to be able to, you know, help myself in that way. The other ways I, yeah, I do a lot of research. I read a lot and I listen to a lot of podcasts, like literally eight hours a day, probably sometimes it's constant. And I learned a lot from going to these appointments. I mean, I was going to appointments at my doctor's office three, four times a week for months there. And after that, it was at least once a week. And this went on for six months, nine months. I mean, I still fly back to Colorado to see him and I took this as an opportunity to learn. So I had, I felt like I had to do that kind of rather than going, if I would have been going into the office every day, like, all right, I got to go get my blood sucked out, filtered and put back in me today. Like that sounds miserable, but I would go in, I'd talk to the nurses. I would talk to the doctors. I'd be like, why is this working? How does this work? Ask so many questions. And I turned it into something that was kind of fun for me. So like, I hate IVs. I hate them. I'm so scared of veins. When I was going in there and getting IVs all the time, like it was a miserable time in my life, but I had to use it to just be like, okay, well, this is fun. Now I'm going to go do like study session time. And then I would take that and I would get on TikTok and share what I learned as a way to make it feel meaningful, kind of. So that's kind of the background there. But what I do Every, every week is different. I'm not super rigid about it. The only things that I am pretty rigid about are my herbal supplements. So I have like a pantry filled of, with them. And these are ones that my doctor has recommended to me. Um, so unfortunately, I mean, there's ones that are pretty standard for Lyme. I do know a lot about those ones. But, you know, for other things, it's it's something you should always consult with the healthcare provider about. Some things don't mix well. Um, so this is some like a, a regimen that he's put me on, but I do those every day. Um, and then usually about once or twice a week, I do my Rife machine. I am generally just cycling through the different Lyme ones. Unless I feel like I have a cold, I'll do a cold one. Um, if I start to get some acne or anything, or I've 
had a weekend where I drank some wine or I've been eating a lot of sugar, I know that that can kind of cause candida, which I, I know we didn't really get into, but that is um, basically a yeast and sugar feeds it. So it can cause it to overgrow um, in your gut and other places in your body. So I know for me now, I mean, I've just been on this journey. I know if I start to see some acne, I'm like, okay, well, that's probably why. So I kind of do that just to knock things down. I'm big on the sauna, big on ice baths, but I can't do that in Florida because like the water comes out tap, like lukewarm. <laughs> so we're working on that a little bit more, but I'm really big on like detoxing. I dry brush. Um, oh gosh, what's some other things that I do? I love hyperbaric oxygen chambers. It's not something I do all the time, but it's something that I did a lot at the beginning of my journey. Um, what do you feel like that helps you with specifically? It basically just helps with the healing of the body. Um, so like for me, I mean, Lyme had just taken a, a toll. It helps the tissue repair. It helps, um, a ton of things like that. My two though, like biggest things and I don't do them as much now because I am better but at the beginning was ozone therapy so basically what they do is they take your blood out and then they infuse it with ozone which is O3 and then they run it back through a light and it goes back into your body and it cleanses the blood it also like ramps up your immune system um it has a ton of other benefits like I am more focused on like the Lyme ones, but there's tons of benefits for people like athletes do it. Like it's great for, I would say most people. Um, it's not fun to do, but (laughs) it is good for you. So that was something that ramped up my immune system and made my body be strong enough to fight this on its own without the need of like pharmaceuticals. So that was like something that was really big. I was doing it several times a week at first now I probably should be doing it more often but I do it like once every six months um just to keep my immune system ramped up up um but the the biggest thing for me when I with my heart was that I noticed when I started doing NAD IVs and NAD is so crazy you probably if you watch the Kardashians saw them doing it um yeah it was like I was gonna ask you about this I've seen I've heard a lot of like celebrities, people like talk about this and use it. Yeah. So what is it? I think it's like the coolest thing ever. I was just watching Limitless last night and I was like, all right, well, this is the closest thing to the Limitless drug if you've seen that movie that I could ever imagine. For me personally, like it was the number one thing that brought my heart rate back down. So, I mean, my body had pretty much gotten rid of the Lyme, but it was still working in overdrive. I was still having this fast heart rate. The NAD was really able to go in there and repair the cells and bring my heart rate back down to a normal place. Um, NAD in general, so every single cell in your body needs NAD in order to function properly. And as we age, it gets depleted. Um, so yeah, it's great. It's great for your skin. It's great for all of the beauty things. But the energy that you feel when you do it is just phenomenal. Um, it really just- don't people use it for like anti aging. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, because if you think about it, if it's depleting as you as you age, you know, the cells in your body kind of need it to not age. <laughs> so yeah, it, definitely, it's definitely good for for that too. Which I'm like, oh, I will take all the pluses with that as I can get. Oh yeah, that's why I've heard about it. Is because of people talking about like anti aging. There's a guy. Oh, you might have heard of him. Well, Andrew Huberman talks about him a lot. And his name David might Sinclair. be David. Yeah, yeah, David Sinclair. Yeah. Like he talks about it so much and he literally looks like a 12-year-old and he's like in yeah. his 50s or something. So that's how I found out about it. But it's interesting that it's it's like main purpose isn't just for anti-aging because that's what I've heard about it. But it's actually for healing a lot of other things. So, I mean, that's kind of – how does someone go about getting access to – NAD. NAD is probably easier to find um, than a lot of these other treatments. You can go to most like IV clinics will do it. It's expensive. Like it's like $500. Like it is so expensive and it is the most uncomfortable like couple hours of your life. But if you can get to it. So basically what it feels like 
is you, they have to drip it so slow into you. I mean, some people can do it faster if you can handle it. Most people can't. Um, they, so they have to do a very, very slow drip because it feels like people have different symptoms. My symptoms were it feels like when you're at the top of a roller coaster and you're about to drop. It feels like that for like two hours. Your chest will be tight. My legs felt numb. You have it's. You, I feel like you can't breathe a little bit. It's it's miserable. Like it's horrible. But I personally think it's worth it for me. Like every time I, I my body since I was pretty sick. Like the first couple times I did it, it just kind of brought me back to probably how people feel normally. And then after that, it kind of ramped my levels up a little bit more where I just felt so clear and just like on and like so much energy. It's yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, I can't say I've noticed any anti-aging stuff, but maybe I haven't aged enough. Yeah, you're we're, we're still young. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can go to pretty much most IV clinics, I, I think have it. Um, you can also do it in shot form. I've done that, but I have a hard time giving the shots to myself and I'm more, I'm like kind of a person who's like, I'd rather just go do the hard stuff, get it done than like have to give myself a shot every day. Not that you have to do it every day, but do it more often um, than just kind of. You can't take it anywhere, anyway else. Like you can't take it as a pill or anything. You can. Um, It's just not, it doesn't, it's not delivered to the body the same way. The most effective way to get anything in your blood is through your bloodstream. Um, so it's the most effective way. You can definitely do it in pill form. I, I don't know much about that. I don't know how effective it is, but I'm sure it's probably better than nothing. I feel like that's how I've heard of it, but it, it makes sense for someone who actually needs it or could really benefit from it to do it through an IV. Totally. I want to talk a little bit about your candida as well, because I feel like this is something that a lot of people probably like applies to a lot of people like I specifically I have a holistic doctor here if you don't have one do you have one yes I found one here okay good he actually helped me with a lot of things like this I've been taking a supplement for for yeast and I just feel like so many people probably have a candida overgrowth yeah but just don't know it don't know anything about it so how do people find out if this is something going on in their body and what's the easiest way to kind of like treat that or I don't know if treats the right word. Yeah. No, I mean, I think with candida, you can, you can treat it. It's it's not, candida is not a like a disease. Like a disease. It's, it's just yeah. something that goes on in the body. The body is always going to have weird stuff going on, especially like in the world that we live in. Like everybody has this, these kind of things. It's just about whether you know you have it or not. It's kind yeah. of how I look at it. I'm like, People are always like, you seem like you have like so many issues. I'm like, no, I just know about them. <laughs> That's the issue. You don't. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody has something, I promise you. But um, with Candida, I got – it came up on my my body scan. So that's, again, called electrodermal screening. I don't know that anyone will be able to find it. I, I don't know how you go about finding it unless you just know someone. Um, yeah. You know, you know. <laughs> But if you know, you know, I know there are like gut tests that you can do. Um, you do like a GI map um, to figure out candida. The treatment that I did for it was I take something called intestinal. You can find it on Amazon, but it's basically like rosemary oil, oregano oil, like a few other things. Um, I take it if I, I, at the beginning. I was taking it three times a day. Now, if I'm having a flare up, I'll just take it like once, twice a day. Um, and I, I don't get tested every time. Like I just, it's not going to hurt me. So if I'm having like some acne or bloating, or even if my period's off, that can be another huge sign of candida because basically like your hormones need to filter through your gut. So if my period goes off, I immediately, my first thought is like, okay, well maybe I'm having candida. And generally if I spend a month, like kind of focusing back on that again, I kind of cycle through these things. Then I know like the next month my period comes back and it's normal. I'm like, okay, well, that was what I needed to do. Like, I think it's all about learning what your body needs and it, it just take t- takes time and it takes being a human guinea pig and just practicing kind of on yourself and not being afraid to try new things, but like with, with doctors help. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but the other thing I do is I, I use my Rife machine for that. And so it's, it's an easy, I mean, relatively easy way 
for me to just be like, I just might as well cycle through this, make sure nothing pops up. Um, really good probiotic as well. And, you know, limiting sugar. Wine's a big trigger for me, unfortunately. I still drink it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's so sad. Wine probably has a lot to do with it for a lot of people because I notice wine affects me very much. And I feel like that's a common thread with people, especially because of the things that they put in wines. And they sneak a lot of sugar. They sneak a lot of chemicals and things into wine that you might not know about. That's a whole other topic. But if you like if sometimes I feel like even just slightly off after wine and it's really sad. It's it's the best drink like it's the best drink gotta go to europe and drink it there (laughs) we just the world we should just all move to europe i'm in let should we ask europe how they feel about that (laughs) europe do you have space for us (laughs) can we come crash at your place okay so i want to wrap up with one final question before we get into some rapid fire before this i was literally stalking your tiktok which obviously i've followed you so i've seen all of your content before but with rhyme health what is your mission going forward because it sounds like you share a lot of resources for other people going through things you're getting good feedback on there that you really help some people so what is your mission with rhyme health and where do you see that going Yeah, I mean, simply put, it's to help people, but I think I'm kind of in the process right now of figuring out how I do that because it's so frustrating. I remember being, you know, even just a year ago, just so, so lost on how do I find a doctor? How much is it going to cost me? And even if you do find that, like, can you really afford that? And I don't think that anyone should not be able to have these resources and to be able to feel their best just because they can't afford it. So, you know, at some point I would love to be able to figure out like, how do I open a practice where people can get this healthcare more affordably? That's going to take a lot of investment money. So anybody knows anybody hit me up. (laughs) That's really where, where I see this going. And I, I think everyone should have access to, at least information on this stuff, if not the doctors and all the treatments to be able to help them. I completely agree. Well, I'm, I can't wait to support you in whatever you do because I love following you. I feel like I find things that I didn't know I needed through your account. So I can't imagine like if I was actually struggling with Lyme or with, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people have autoimmune diseases that they need resources for. So Listen to me talking like I know what the fuck I'm saying. (laughs) Okay, let's get into some rapid fire before I flub any medical terms. Alrighty, are you ready for this? I am. Okay, the first question is, what is your favorite comfort show? Oh, New Girl. Oh, I don't remember if someone said that or not. I feel like I need to go back and watch it. Uh, Actually, you know what? I changed my answer, the OC. Oh. Oh, the OC's good. Yeah. (laughs) Damn, this would be a hard question for me to answer because I feel like I have so many. The OC is such a good one. Same with New Girl, both amazing shows. Okay, next one. What's your guilty pleasure? Buttered noodles with garlic salt, which now has to be gluten-free, but Jovial is a phenomenal gluten-free brand for pasta. It tastes exactly the same, so that is a guilty pleasure. Buttered noodles with what? With garlic Garlic. I'll have to try it. I feel like that's a comfort food. It is. Yeah. It's like a depression meal, but we can call it comfort. <laughs> Next one. What is a pop culture moment that shaped you? Well, I feel like Scandal just recently because I'm single, I'm dating, and this has just made me like even more scared of relationships. It's scary out there. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I think it's scary whether you're single or not when you see something just that like that level of betrayal is just hard to wrap your head around. Um, and I think that there's a lot of things that people are already scared of. So when you see something like that happen, you're just like, oh God. I know people in relationships all over the world are looking at their man like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one though. I feel like that is going to be something that we look back on forever. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Next is how would someone describe you if your life was a movie and you were the main character? Messy, but always puts it back together. I love that. I have these like archetypes that I've made up that for like main characters, 
different archetypes and one of them is the messy girl and I feel like you're the messy girl yeah <laughs> and it's like the best one to be I feel like I, my life is constantly like I'm I always have like chaos like even yesterday I'm like going to do something and I like got stung by a bee I was like it's sunset on the pier what are bees doing over here but like something crazy is like always happening to me but then at the same time I'm very much a perfectionist so I am like always just taking this like chaos that surrounds me and being like okay like let's try to make this pretty and I almost feel like as a perfectionist those types of things that happen to us it's like is this trying to teach us a lesson that like nothing's ever going to be perfect and we just need to like lean into being uncomfortable with this and literally the universe trying to teach us lessons yeah I'm really working on relinquishing control and that was that was something that not having Lyme really taught me as well I was like I I can't control this and I just I'm gonna have to put put my nose down and get through this. And I know there's going to be a reason why. And I, I think that this is my reason why. So everything works out. Everything works out. I'm also working on relinquishing control. So I feel you. Okay. The last one is something that you're currently obsessed with. So this could be a show, a book, movie, podcast, music. I am currently obsessed with Colleen Hoover. And like, I, I've always been the type of person who would like be like reading is for learning. So I would read like nonfiction books. I would read about health. Like reading was not a fun pastime for me. And then I, somebody told me I had to read Verity. I think I I think it was my, maybe my mom. And she was like, gave me the book. And I was like, whatever, like I don't read for fun, but I will read. (laughs) And all of a sudden I was like, I love reading for fun. Like I understand why people do this now. And I, so I've been very obsessed with like all of the sci-fi, not sci-fi, um, like horror, rom. I don't even know what that genre is. Yeah. But I don't know what genre you'd put that under, but I don't either. It's, it's definitely like, it's like messed up, but I don't know. It's it's a good one. And so <laughs> that is one of my favorite books. Yeah, it's it's so good. And I'm like, I reading is fun, kids. Like, I see why we do this. You're like, reading is my favorite activity. I'm such a reader girl. It's your whole personality. Yes. Well, shout yourself out. Tell people where they can find you, find resources, and any final words on what you would tell someone going going through this right now or looking to find some answers. I'm I'm Health on TikTok and Instagram. It's R-Y-E-M Health. Um, you can also find my personal Instagram. It's Riley Godson. And always feel free to reach out to me with any questions, messages. I love when people ask me things and I'm always happy to help try to find resources for you or anything to help you on your healing journey. And just know that you keep fighting for yourself, like you will find the root cause and you will be able to heal. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And we got to hang out soon. I know we need to. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. If you are loving the podcast, please, please leave a rating and review and tell others what you're loving about the show. It really helps grow the podcast and helps me create more content for you. If you have suggestions for the pod or questions you'd like me to answer, you can always email staroftheshowpod at gmail.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next Wednesday.